someone's gonna crash their car. Oh my god! Please, yeah, yo. My apologies. Drive safe. Ten and two. <laughs> <laughs> Seatbelts. Ten and two. Seatbelts. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, Am shit. I? I'm sure I'm not the only one that stopped driving ten and two the second I pulled out of the DMV. I only <laughs> did it sure there not the for the sole purpose of passing my test. license. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Me too. I didn't give a shit about it otherwise. Get the fuck out of here. Anyway, it is great to be back. So let me give you a little heads up as to why it took this long to begin with. So uh, for one, um, I work in an accountant's office. So this is like, (laughs) this is that time of the year for me. It's tax season. So there's lots of working overtime, lots of shit that has to be done. So we figured last week, since we didn't have much to talk about anyway, because you know, the Flyers had only done so much The the Phillies still hadn't had spring, you know, really hadn't had anything kick off yet. The Eagles were done and the Sixers were on all-star break. So we were just like, all right, if there's a week that we can miss, it'll be this week. And it worked so, out pretty well. I so, mean, you know, I mean, especially since we, we made our predictions for like the Sixers games and stuff, not thinking about the fact that, yeah, and yeah. you know, the best part about it is that we said on the episode, oh shit. All-Star game is this Saturday. And then and we talk yeah. about the next five games. And then it's like... It's, it's like, wait a minute, the next dummies. five games are like two weeks out. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Or like, like, yo, I thought about out. that when I was listening back on it, when I was um, yeah. <laughs> when I was running through to make sure it was, everything was good. And I'm like, yeah, we are stupid. <laughs> so, uh, so all Philly stupidity aside, um, it feels great to say that we can start this thing off and talk a little Phillies baseball. Because... The Broad Street Bombers are back, baby. They are they are out in full force in spring training. We got some we got some new faces. We got some new rules. We got some stuff to talk about. Man, I know so many people who absolutely fucking hate some of this new shit. I now, see, now here's the I, thing. Here's what I want to say about it with the with the pitch with the pitch clock. It has set the average time of games. It has cut it down by like forty percent. That's incredible. Like it, like it, it honestly has. Because here, here's the thing that a lot of people aren't considering is that it's not like it shortened the game by 40%. The game was already 40% too long <laughs> for a sporting event. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not even remotely mad about the pitch clock. Ma- I mean, look, mainly because, like, I mean, we live in a world of, you know, I mean, we need to get things done now, 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 now. So... You know what I mean? Like the hurry up and wait thing is, I mean, it's slightly ridiculous. Like, I mean, they do that with football as well with like the refs before they, even before they actually start like the, you know I mean? Like the play yeah. clock and shit. And I'm yeah. just like, just, just let them fucking go. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's gonna, I have seen, I've seen, I've seen both sides of things. I've seen people very, very happy. I've seen people very, very upset. Uh, I, I'm going with the whole wait a year approach because that's always when they end up figuring out how to tweak things because most sports it seems like what they do is they go from one extreme to another and then they see how that extreme works and then they kind of like dial it back so what i'm interested to see one i i love i love the pitch count i really do i watched someone put a you probably even saw it because it was trending like crazy someone put a side side by side video on twitter last night of one of a of an entire inning being completed before one guy was out last year with how many times the dude went to pick somebody off, how Mm -hmm. many times the batter took a timeout, literally an entire side was retired before one batter was out in this video. And I was like, that's I see. I see why you want it. 
Now, where I think it maybe gets a little interesting is I'm interested to see pitcher injuries if they go up because they're going to be because they're going to be throwing a lot quicker than they're normally used to to throwing. They you know their you know their their arms are you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm also to see. I'm also interested to see with um. I mean, with like certain guys, like uh, one of the guys that we just picked up this offseason, he has a like 85% for stealing bases. I just read the article yesterday. I can't remember his name, though. I'm, I apologize. I'll try to find the article. But um, like he steals. I mean, he, he has an 85% success rate of stealing bases. Right, dude. He was number one in the MLB for the last like four seasons mm-hmm. in stealing bases. And even he is saying like, OK. You know what I mean? It definitely makes it a little bit, you know I mean, because you really need to gauge even more when, now when you actually want to go because yeah. Things are most of the so time, well, I mean, that on top of the fact that most, you know I mean, now the, now the pitcher has to really keep in check in his head, like, have I already tried to throw him out once? Because you only get two times now. Yeah. You only get two times to throw somebody yeah. out. You only get two times now, and you also only have but so much time to even think about that before you got to get your next pitch off, or else yes. it's a ball. Yes. So it's like it, there's a, there's a lot of things that uh, I mean, did you see what happened in in the in the one game with the with the bases loaded? Not in catch it. No. That's that's where it kind of sucks. Where hopefully it gets ironed out because literally, what what's one of the most fun situations in baseball? Bottom tie, of the ninth tie game. Bottom of the ninth. Bases even if it's loaded, not a tie, even if it's not a two tie, outs. down by one, yeah, two two outs, full count, bases yep. loaded. You had that. I I don't remember what the game was. You can look it up, but they had that exact scenario, full count, bases loaded, bottom, I believe, two outs. The dude didn't get into the batter's box in time, picked up the strike, and that was the end. That was how it ended. Didn't even get to swing. I did hear about that, and I was just like, oh, that's fucking rough. Because those are the moments where you like that's where it's 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 uh it's white knuckle time, <laughs> we, yeah. you know, so you know you you don't want to see those big moments go by like that. And I think as the season goes on and players get more and more used to the new rules, that that won't be the case. But it might be a shit show for the first couple months of the season. I think. Well, uh, and also you need to you also need to remember the way that the rule goes. So if there's nobody on base, the pitcher has 15 seconds to release the ball to, I mean, send it to home plate, but and it's 20 seconds 20 or if there are runners 20, on 20. Okay. It doesn't and go up to 25 at all. Does it? It's just 15. And no, 20. no, just 15 okay. and 20 and batters uh, to be engaged with the pitcher eight seconds before expiration. So the batter has to make sure he's in the box by seven seconds. Mm-hmm. If there's nobody on base, and then by 13 seconds or no, by 12 seconds, mm-hmm. you know what I mean if somebody is on base. So I mean, it puts a it puts a lot more also on the batter. You know what I mean? And that and yeah. now the batters, you know I mean because they do all that shit they always do and with they, like they the all, straps they have, on the gloves, they've, they've and they've all got the routines. Retching yeah. on the retching on the yeah. on, on on the bat. Like they've all got routines that are gonna have to be that shit's gonna get shortened. shut down. Either shut down or like ridiculously shortened. I agree. So that 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 is going to be interesting. But yeah, man. So I mean, right now we are currently sitting at uh, four and one. Can't be mad at that. Nah, nah. Four, four, one, and one because we did have a tie. We tied with the twins 
Um, and that and was actually today. And we're seeing some shit that we wanted to see too. We're getting some. I'm 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 just gonna broadly say, and you can Go take us a little deeper. But you've got, you know, guys that we were hoping were gonna come in and do some things, like Trey Turner, who is doing some things. What did we, who did, who is the one of the main people we talked about at the end of last season that we said we need to see a resurgence in the following year? Nick Castellanos. Castellanos. And he's and he's already had a, a two run shot, and he's been doing better. Well, so, same thing with uh with Marsh. Marsh is another one. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. He's yo. He came into spring training looking great. Yeah, Alex Bohm as well. You know what I mean? Alec. Sorry, not Alex. Alec. Yeah, but uh, yeah. If there's anything else you wanna you wanna spit? No, I mean we spit. have. I mean, we got a few more games. You know what I mean? Obviously, running in um with spring training, and it's March 30th is the first game that we have against uh the. I want to say the Rangers. Mm-hmm. I was, ch- I literally just fucking saw this. Where the hell is it? Um, oh my god, yes, Texas Rangers, March thirtieth to April second. Yeah, so we have a few games lined up, and then the Yankees, and then we will host the Cincinnati Reds for the home opener on April sixth at three oh five. Nice. Let's go, I'm man! Some baseball back. I'm in excited, our lives, man. man. I am really excited to see, you I mean, to actually watch games that, like, matter much, you mean, matter much more actually are on the line yeah. with, you mean, with all these new rules implemented. So I am very curious to see how everything goes. Yeah. It's, you know, it's much more likely now that I watch some more games because it's not going to be like I'm sitting down trying to watch Gone with the Wind every time. True. <laughs> you know what I mean? True. So You're not wrong about that. It's, it's going to be nice. Uh, you want to move on, or is there anything else you wanna you wanna? Nah, touch man, on we or? can no, nah, we can move on because we're gonna be talking about. Uh, I'm actually shocked, man. We actually we we tied right now. We tied right now with them fly boys, man. Going against them Rangers, we won one. Sitting in the yes, sitting in are. the second period. So speaking of the Philadelphia Flyers, which is always tough to do these days. So since our last episode. They've kind of been doing what I wanted them to do. They dropped a 6-2 loss, a uh, 6-2 game to the Kraken. They lost 6-2 to the Canucks. They unfortunately bounced back and got a nice road win against the Flames, 4-3. Was that a road win, or was that in Wells Fargo Center? Nope, against Calgary? I think it was. I was away. And then we lost to the Oilers, and then lost to the Canadians. And then the only loss I was actually upset about was we had a seven nothing loss to the Devils. Now I don't care that it's the, I don't care that it's the Devils this year. I don't care that it was seven. The only reason I was upset it was because um, the really one of our only bright spots this year has been the play of our backup goaltender Samuel Harrison. Mm-hmm. He was six and zero to start his NHL career, which put him on a very short list. I think the record was eight. He was started in that. Devil that was game. a great job, man. He did. He did fantastic. He did fantastic. 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 And I would be shocked if him and Hart were not our goaltending tandem next year. And it wouldn't shock me, depending on how things go in training camp, it would not shock me if he ended up being the starter. Tortorella doesn't seem like the type to give a fuck about who was here before. Like, who's playing better? No. (laughs) Who's the guy? I don't care what you did in juniors. I don't care what you did before. What are you doing now? I mean, mean, look, he he knows when to run the hot hand. Yeah. So yeah, that's the only reason I was pissed about that game is because Arison got that start. So I wanted this, I wanted us to win that game just so his streak could continue. Yeah, but uh, unfortunately, they they did drop. You know, it was a seven nothing loss that puts us now 
actually don't think we moved all that We're much. sitting 23, actually, actually, 28, and 10. Actually, we did, technically, because we played one more game. Montreal jumped us, so that's good. We are now 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. We are the seventh worst team in the league. We are only up three points. Um, three points on Vancouver and five points on Arizona. So if we... I it'd be so nice if we could be lucky enough at least that they could jump us so we could have the likelihood of having a top five pick in a pretty deep draft. I'm kind of giving up the ghost on this whole Connor Bedard thing. Yeah, I, I know you are. Likelihood Every because... time we talk about this, you, I mean, your, your you know, voice there, softens. There was and a you, point. And you, you, I mean, you start Look, seeing more. <laughs> there was a point. There was a point where I think we were like 16, 17 points ahead of the team in last place, that's shrunk to 10. Oh, so shit. we are fi- we are only five games out of that. So, you know, it, it's possible. And what really pisses me off there, what really pisses me off there is it's the fact that we are being, and, and again, I know this is an oxymoron because this is what I want my coach to do, but like, this is almost kind of like that Houston, Texas thing. Like, you're about to get the number one overall pick just fucking... Just ride it out and take it. I'm not saying I would have fired the guy for that. I I certainly wouldn't have. I don't know. I don't don't think Torts has it in him to do that. No, I don't think he does either. But my point is, so this is is what pisses you off. So you know how I said we are 10 points out of last place? Mm -hmm. The team in last place has 20 wins. We have 23. The difference is the amount of points we picked up in overtime. (laughs) They have... They have six overtime losses. We have ten. <laughs> so that's where that difference that's where the like the big difference lies. Yeah. Um but, you know, r- regardless, you know, Samuel Larson has been a, you know, a bright spot. So I I hope that that will continue. There's been some awkward things going around now. As the uh, as we get closer to the trade deadline, which I believe if you want to look it up, I believe it's March third. Yeah. So right around for March March third, three o'clock, I believe. <laughs> Yep. So yes, Chuck Fletcher, Chuck Fletcher, our GM, you know, they they had their interview and he mentioned no words. He said, we are we are absolutely sellers. We are absolute sellers of the deadline, which, of course, you're not going to be a buyer at the deadline when you're the seventh worst team in the league. So, you know, we are you know, we are going to be sellers. Um, now, one of the players on our team, I don't know if you heard about this, but one of the players on our team that for the longest time was one of our better prospects. And then he became one of the guys that was actually producing a lot. Joel Farabee, him and torts are, are not in sync. And it is a very real possibility that he gets moved at the deadline because Farabee's not happy. His agent's not happy that he's I had mean, such diminished playtime and whatnot. The good thing, the good thing is that with Farabee, he showed, he showed a lot of great potential last year. I feel he showed like, some really, really. I mean, he shined. Yeah, yeah. I think now, I think very well. Now, unfortunately, if he was gonna have this, you know, if he was gonna have this issue with Tortorella and them not vibing, you would like for that to have happened, like, you know, right after a season where he gets like you know thirty, thirty-five goals, and you can trade. Oh shit! We're high. up two-one. Fuck. Um, Lawton got it. Oh fuck you, dude. Um. Um. You know the fact that he's. Barely had very many minutes this year. He's just coming off that neck surgery. I don't quite know what you're going to get for him. I, I really don't. But there's a lot of pieces that are going to move. And I think he's actually spent talking... a good amount of time on the ice today. Is he? Yeah, he's almost um, got 11 minutes. Oh, wow. And two shots. Um, 
And Torts fired back, too, because um, one of the guys in the media asked Torts about what his agent said, and, and Tortorella was, and Tortorella literally, this was the exact phrase he said, oh, you know, his his agent, he said, what? He's, he's upset about that? Well, well, his agent should shut up. That's exactly what he said. And I was like, God damn, bro, you don't mean no words. I was like, and chances are, if his agent feels that way, he probably also feels that way. <laughs> well, I mean, his agent isn't going to, his agent isn't going to strategically say these things without, yeah. you know what I mean, without the go-ahead of his client. Yeah. So now, so, uh, you know, you're probably going to see him on the trade block, JVR, Coots maybe even, Atkinson maybe, uh, Proby. I mean, look, we're already expecting Proby. He'll pro- he should probably fetch us the biggest return, I would imagine, out of the everybody that we could trade. It is but, going um, to be it is going to be quite Friday is going to be quite the day. I'm interested. I'm, I'm pissed. So and we'll talk. We'll talk about it when we get to the end of the cast. When we talk about you know stuff uh, going on around the league, because I always hate it when you are literally 24 to 48 hours away from the trade dead- trade deadline and big trades go down. I hate that because then it because then it it dilutes everything that can happen on that trade deadline day. You'll see like some smaller moves, but there have been some like nuclear names that have gone already. Yeah. Oh yeah, which, I mean you've had um, Tarasenko. You mean he's, Tarasenko? You mean now he's him right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> he's a Ranger as well as Pat Kane, as well as Patrick Kane. You know what I mean John, he's now John, a Ranger. So talk about someone I never thought would get traded that would just retire where he's at. Jonathan Quick just got traded from the Kings. The Kings actually let go of Quick. Yeah, now I get. It. I mean, is he John? Dude, is, he, is he Jonathan Quick anymore? No, but my point is, he's come. How many that cups? Far. Did he, how many cups did he bring you? Two. He's got two cups. I I believe I want to say two Vesnas, but if not, I believe he definitely has one. Um, I'm pretty sure he's probably got to be their career leader and uh, maybe not their career leader wins. I don't know. You'd have to look. You'd have to look it up. But yeah, John. I don't even remember where he got traded to, but I know he got traded. <laughs> Um, you know, Matias Ekholm went to the, to the, uh, to the Oilers. Um, there's all sorts of big pieces going on. Uh, the, the best defenseman on the Coyotes just got traded to the Senators like hours before we even did this. So like, I feel like all the bigger trades are going down now and it's going to piss me off when I'm watching the coverage on Friday. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, right. But yeah, you can let me know where quick went when, when we, you know, when you find it. But, um, that's um you know that's really it for the orange and black right now uh you know there should be a hopefully there's a lot to talk about um next week about the you know what what we get in return and you know who's who's no longer here but we are very clearly in a in a a ridiculous need to stock up on assets and build for the future yeah we need this draft to be very very fruitful for this, us. And, this, and, the, and that yeah, means that yes. we need a lot of picks. We need to just the, keep on just grabbing everybody we can out you, of these out of this you draft. You have like you are at the mercy of whoever is in the draft whenever it's your time to rebuild. This draft, next year's draft, and I believe the year after that. So the next three years, the Flyers absolutely have to knock it out of the park because these drafts are deep. There's a lot of talent, and this is not a draft where you want to miss. You don't want to be looking back and being like, damn. Because look at all the players we can look back on right I now. Know. 
I know <laughs> that we that, that that we didn't pick all because someone in the organization thought they knew better. I don't remember who the GM was at the time. You'd have to look back, but I'm pretty sure all of the scouts wanted us to take Kale McCarr because he was still available. But the GM at the time, who swore he knew better, decided instead of Kale McCarr, we needed. God, was that the draft where we took Nolan Patrick? No, it couldn't have been because no, I can't Nolan believe Patrick was the number two pick. He was the. He 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 was well. Kale McCarr went number four, so that's irrelevant. But Kale yeah. McCarr went number four. But but either way, Nolan Patrick, like he was a consensus number. It's like that was the draft where it's like whoever whoever number one takes, you're gonna take you know the other exactly. Guy. It's who, either it's either Nico Heish, it's either Nico Heishier or Nolan Patrick. So I can't really blame on them for that. Like I never blame GMs when it's a guy that's the consensus guy and he just ends up being a bust. That is what it is. But yeah. when you but when you know things and your scouts are telling you things and you just think you're the smartest guy in the room and you want to go in this direction, you know, same thing. Like we we could have Cole Caulfield right now. We don't have him. We could have Kale McCarr. We don't have him. We could have Miro Haskinen. We don't have him. Like there's a lot of guys. So, you know, come 2027, I don't want to be having the same conversation. <laughs> so um, that's where that goes. So why don't we jump into some bird gang, huh? Let's do it, yo. And some great things fucking happened this week, man. I'm super excited for this. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's almost like a where do we start type of thing. It's like, how many good things do we talk about? And they're not even playing right now. It's the offseason. I know. But um, I guess what we should start with, I would imagine, would be the... <laughs> The mass coordinator exodus, and then the and then the fill-ins, <laughs> the the replacements. Yeah, seriously, because uh, we've got them. So it, it it took. Did it even take twenty four hours to know that Jonathan Gannon and and, and uh, Shane Steichen were out after I don't the think Super it took Bowl? You knew I mean, during it, the Super Bowl that I mean, Shane look, was te- out. Look, technically, it had to be, I believe, just for legal reasons. But I mean, look, it's not a shock at all. You know what I mean that um. That Steichen we, is, you know, I mean, is now the coach of the Colts. And... We, we, ta- we talked about this the week before the Super Bowl, yeah. how normal it is when a team gets to the Super Bowl or wins Super Bowls that their coordinators they lose to be head so coach. many players and coaches, and yeah. that's and that's one of the main reasons why it is so difficult to go back year after year after year. Ooh, and actually, I, I, I mean, look, Kansas City, this is going to be a huge year to see what they do. You I mean especially with um, the enemy? Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Out, out and over with um, Washington, oh, over with the Commanders. Yeah. I, I think so. Apparently, the only person in the world that doesn't seem to think so is Shady McCoy. But you know, that's a topic for the around the world segment. Could be. But uh, yeah, I mean, we yeah we talked about that before, and it wasn't you know the I mean, Jonathan Gannon kind of surprised me, but that one I was a little more shocked about. But at the same time, <laughs> I'm. I'm not mad about it, and I know you're going to laugh at me about this because I was never a fan of Gannon anyway. I, no, I, no, no. Th- not many people were. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna laugh at that at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not, the way not, that not the way that he just always he never used the defense in a proper. At least I mean, look, I'm also coming from the era of watching Jim Johnson do his thing, watching Brian Dawkins, Hugh Douglas, Hollis Thomas. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That whole crew. Absolutely. So for me. And I mean, look, I could even go farther back and, you know I mean, watching yes. Seth Joyner and, <laughs> you know what I mean, those guys back in the 90s, yeah. you know I mean, back in yeah. the back I, in the co-tight uh, days. Yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of his either because we talked about how, like, how many, like, the fact that it was the same thing week after week and we just were lucky in how the schedule shook out that we didn't necessarily always play the greatest competition because every game ended up being, a, oh, we're about to run away with this. And then all of a sudden, oh, wait a minute. 
we are we're in a dogfight right now mm-hmm. <laughs> and we should and we shouldn't be. So, no, what I was laughing at was like I was surprised for Jonathan Gannon to go. But then when I saw where he went, I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> so he uh, he went to Arizona, right? Yes. And that's where uh, Cliff Kingsbury was just at, right? <laughs> so it makes it like there's a handful of teams where I'm like, OK, if they took him, that makes sense because their organizations don't seem to know what to do from a coaching standpoint anyway. <laughs> so. Like uh, the last thing I expected was for him to leave us and go be a defensive coordinator for another good team or be a head coach for a good team that needs a coach for whatever reason. Yeah. Or a decent team that needs a coach, you know, uh, getting a job in even Houston would have baffled me, honestly. But um, yeah, it just didn't surprise me when I saw that it was the Arizona Cardinals. But um, yeah, so now we have new coordinators here in Philly. So the offensive coordinator is the who we former, ex, dude. It's exactly who we wanted. The former, um, the former quarterback coach, uh, Brian Johnson, is now officially the Eagles' offensive coordinator. Dude, he has been around Jalen Hurts since he was like six or seven. You might have to look this up for me, but was he all? Was he not also on the cover of one of the NCAA football games? You'd have to you'd have to look it up. I can look it up. This is your segment. So you can do I'll I'll look this one up. Okay. But um yeah, so Brian I mean Brian Johnson, I mean he spent some time obviously, I mean he made his way to the NFL and then he went through his coaching and I mean he's had he, he's had a few jobs up until now and I mean I would say like, dude, now he's going to be the offensive coordinator. He's going to be the one calling plays. Sirianni already has said again that he is not going to be the one calling plays. So, yes, the four different covers um, for, yeah, the four different covers for NCAA 2010 were Brian Johnson. He was the cover on one of them. Brian Johnson, Brian Arakpo, Mark Sanchez, and Michael Crabtree. Wow. Mr. Mr. Butt, man, being in the same breath as Mr. Butt Fumble and Mr. Uh, try me with a sorry ass receiver like Crabtree. Man. That's crazy. Rackpo, though, man, that that dude was nasty. Oh, yes, he was. But continue, yeah. That's exactly that's exactly who we wanted. And I think the e- I think the second the Eagles heard Jalen Hurts on the record saying that he thinks that he'd be a great coordinator and a great coach someday, I think that that just oh that jettisoned just set it in stone. That, yeah. Oh yeah, man, that that streamlined it straight up to you know I means for you I mean for him getting it. Like, dude, yeah. he's worked. He's been part of the success of Dak Prescott. He has, I mean, he has worked. Look, regular season success. Okay. Okay, that makes me happy. Regular season success. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, oh, well, here we go again. Well, no, in the first round again. Well, no, I, no, I mean, look, we we are talking about college. In college, Dak was a yeah. nasty motherfucker. Oh yeah. And dude, yeah. a lot of that had to do with Brian Johnson. And um, when when Jalen moved from Bama to Florida. You know what I mean? You, you mean when he when he walked away from the Sooners and went to the Gators? You know what I mean Johnson was one of those guys that was a crucial person. You know what I mean that talked with Jalen Hurts with that decision because he, he's been around. Brian Johnson has been around Jalen Hurts and his father for, like I said, ever since Jalen was around like seven or eight years old. I'm so he has always been in the man's life. I'm going to need to stop you and just correct you for one second because football fans would probably annihilate you if I didn't. Hmm. You definitely said that he walked away from the Alabama Sooners. <laughs> Just want to let you know that. Oh, it, they'll kill you. 
out there, you don't want to yeah, mix those up. Oh uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, Crimson they them, Alabama yeah, Crimson yeah, Tide. Yeah, they them Roll Tide. Yeah, Oklahoma Sooners. Oklahoma, <laughs> I just want to make sure those, yeah. those schools, those schools right there, will send death threats. <laughs> you start calling the Alabama Sooners. Might have changed Roll the name of this episode. Sooners. <laughs> I'll change the name of this episode just for that. <laughs> Ch- change the episode First name one. to Roll. Change the episode name to Roll Sooners. Roll Sooners. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the things I do miss about the CGC episodes. I uh, yeah. creating creating the fun names was good. Yeah, it was. Um, anyway, yeah. So not only did we have Brian Johnson as the offensive coordinator, but now we have a defensive coordinator. So Sean Desai is now the defensive coordinator. He spent some time. Uh, he spent 2021 with the Chicago Bears, and before then, he was with the Seattle Seahawks. And to which Pete Carroll went ahead and said that there was no doubt in his mind that uh, Desai would have the characteristic to become a successful defensive coordinator. And with less, with less talent on the defensive side of the ball than we currently have. Well, he did so much. Did he not have them like a fifth ranked defense? Yeah, and that's the thing, dude. Like. That was with smoke and mirrors, bro. <laughs> these <laughs> like, weren't the, and these weren't the, thing, the Bears old. <laughs> nah. Um, and actually, I mean, look, it is neat also because, I mean, Desai does have ties to Philly. Uh, I mean, he attended Temple. He actually got his uh, coaching start at Temple. And he was the special teams defensive coach over there, which is actually pretty cool. But um, his first NFL coaching job was with Chicago from uh, 2013 to 2021. That is a good stretch of time. Wow. Uh, and, um, I mean, he worked from being the safeties coach and then moved his way all the way up to defensive coordinator. And from there is where obviously he took his talents to, um, Seattle, did everything he did with them. And then now we have, him. so I'm not mad. I'm actually really excited for this guy. And I, I really want to see what I want to see what he does with our linebackers. Cause I feel like our linebackers are going to be are going to be one of the biggest spots for us to really, they need to trying to find the right words on this. The linebackers look with everything that, that I've talked about how much I love them. And I love, and I love like TJ Edwards and you know me and, and everybody we have, they, they have, they have had a huge problem containing you know I mean containing uh you mean like you mean a lot of like the you mean the interior yeah you know what i mean them being second level has not been as good as what it should be there's been a lot of problems through the middle of the field yes there's thank been, you there's been there's been a lot for for receivers scrambling quarterback i mean mahomes on one leg scrambled up the middle for like 35 yards that's what set up that that, that is that true game. or 25 yards whatever the hell it was but um speaking of the this doesn't have anything to do with the linebackers but speaking of the defensive side of the ball um, you know, I'm hearing a lot of rum. Well, actually, one of these has to do with linebackers, but I'm hearing rumblings that there is a possibility. There is a possibility that one of the odd men out would be Darius Slay. There is a possibility that now I don't know if they would address that in the draft or what, but there is a possibility. I did. He- I did also hear that Edwards probably more than likely won't be back. And I'm starting to hear the same thing about Miles Sanders, too. Not that that has anything to do with the defense, but. Yeah, um, but I mean, Miles we're talking Sanders about didn't surprise we're, me. We're talking about Eagles right now as a whole. So yeah. Cer- certain, certain, certain teams, you can kind of plug and play half uh, halfbacks. So I like Miles Sanders. I'm not saying I I want to get rid of him, but I'm saying like I understand the 
methodology behind that. Yeah. If you got a strong enough line, you can usually plug most running backs back there and be okay. Especially with what Jalen can do on his own anyway. Exactly. But um yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see what they do. But speaking of the defense, because we were just talking about the coordinators, we it'd be crazy for us to not talk about Mr. Um Gardner Johnson and what he had to say. Now there at the I don't know if it was the introductory press conference or what, but uh, Jonathan Gannon did have a press conference as the new head coach of the Cardinals, and and there was a post, and you know how they do on Twitter and stuff like that. They'll have the picture and a little caption, and the question that he was asked was, "What went wrong in the Super Bowl?" And C.J. Gardner Johnson tweeted that picture and said, "He didn't put us in positions to win, or he didn't put us in positions to be successful." Yeah, you ain't put us in position to make plays. That's what he said. That is a hot barb, bro. That really to, is to fire off on, like, bro. We've been broken. We've been broken up all of, like what three weeks. <laughs> you know what I mean? How long are you supposed to wait before you start talking about next? <laughs> like, like, but he, I, I mean, look. Here's he here's didn't what lie. I, he, he didn't see, lie. and that's exactly what I was going to say. Did he lie though? Like, like no. I mean, that's that is my answer to this. Did he no. lie though? No, he didn't lie. But it's like you know. <laughs> Yeah, he he didn't lie. He didn't lie. Nothing. There was there was no lies told. It's just I I thought it was funny that uh and I would imagine he's probably not the only one that felt that way. I think the reason that he felt most comfortable to say it is because he was one of the last people to get to Philly to experience Jonathan Gannon. Other guys mm-hmm. had already been around him. They'd been around for a while, so maybe he's just like, well, fuck it. Yeah, he's only here for a season. I didn't I didn't build that relationship with him anyway, <laughs> so yeah. I'm not afraid to say it like it is. Not the other guy. I'm not saying the other guys are afraid, but you know. They want to toe the company line, I guess, should say. And let's not speak ill of former coordinators or coaches and shit if we don't have to. (laughs) Well, I mean, look, also a lot of that is fuel to the fire and nobody really wants to put fuel on fire. I mean, we just want that shit just to look. He's gone. Gan is doing his thing. Fuck him. Do your own thing. Don't I mean, we don't need to worry about you no more. Yeah. Arizona should be happy because he's about to fucking lead them to like a fucking lottery pick or a top five pick. So I was about I mean, to say, yo, this ain't. This, I, that, I know my, this my ain't brain is already going to my this brain is already going to the Sixers. My brain is already going to the Sixers segment. <laughs> Shit. But uh, yeah. I mean, fuck. What? Well, I mean, seriously, what the fuck is he gonna do? That that damn organization can't even figure out how to get their fucking quarterback to watch tape. So yeah. <laughs> so um, other than those two things, we do have we know the opponents that we are going to face for this season. Ooh. Um, we can we can talk about this on a different episode and actually break down what we think the absolutely. I mean, what we think it might actually end up being, um, like record wise and shit like that. But yeah. for home games, we have the obvious you know, games with uh, Dallas, New York, and Washington, and then we also have the Arizona Cardinals. So we will be seeing Gannon. Washington's uh, gonna look a little <clears> different too. San Francisco 49ers, Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, and the Minnesota Vikings are all going to be coming to Philly. And our away games are obviously Dallas, Washington, and New York. Does it say when Minnesota comes to Philadelphia? No, it does not. Okay. No, we don't have the actual, we don't have the week by week schedule yet. All we have is who they're playing. I'm just saying, because we all know if it's prime time, we ain't got to worry about shit. Oh, I know. I know. And that's what I'm hoping for. So, (laughs) so our away games are going to be Dallas, the LA Rams, the Patriots, New York Giants, New York Jets. I mean, yo, if we're doing those back to back, we'd be good because, you know, I mean, just fucking just drive up the fucking turnpike. And then we have we're going to be going to Seattle, Washington. We're going to have the rematch of the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. 
in their stadium and then the Tampa Bay Bucks. And that's everybody for the schedule. It's a motherfucking doozy. That's all I got. Absolutely say. is. Absolutely is. is. That is a damn doozy. Ooh, dude. You and I are going to have to go to a game in 24. I would love to. What's the game? Where and why? Panthers. Well, nowhere. Panthers oh, play. Yeah, Panthers playing Philly. When's the last time they were here? It's been a stretch. It's been a fucking stretch and a half. But um, yeah, so I don't have any more like big, big Eagles news as of right now. We have the we're gonna have the combine coming up. I know that's coming up soon. And then from there we have the draft, which is gonna be in April. So until that point, it's just basically gonna be what's gonna happen with the unrestricted free agents because that's popping up soon. We went through a few weeks ago talking about the the players that are unrestricted free agents this year. Um, we do have some restricted free agents this year. We can we can break that down another week as well. But let's go ahead and do we yo we need that hard top. Let's do it. Let's go and yo 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 and this is how you fucking do it. This is how you do it, baby. Yeah, these motherfuckers, <laughs> man. Ah, yeah. So. So we got to take this back a little bit, bro, because so we were it was before the All-Star game, which we should talk about that a little bit. But we can we'll talk about that after we we get all the Sixers stuff out of the way. But um, so when the Sixers returned from that All-Star break, let's see. So we had we've done pretty damn well. So we um we beat the Grizzlies by five. And that's a good win because they're the third best team uh no, they're right behind us, I think, actually. But they're one of the top teams in the West. I think they're like the fourth, fourth or fifth best team in the league. We beat them by five. And also, I believe, yeah, we we rallied from uh a pretty crazy deficit. We we rallied from I think at most we were down by 17 in that game. Dang. So we were down by 17. We fought, we clawed back. James Harden, 10 of 16, dropped 31. You know, he he played a fantastic game. But uh, so that was a that was a great win right there, um, and then you go to the Celtics game and boy was that a heartbreaker! I don't remember if you were watching the game, but I remember talking to you about it. and You said you knew what happened. So for anyone who didn't watch the Celtics game, so ooh, excuse me, um, it was pretty much you know nip and tuck the whole way. We did have a little bit of a lead that we squandered, which kind of pisses me off, but. They were having an off game. It's it's a game that we should have capitalized off of because we are chasing them. We were down. Um, were we down or were we tied? So we were tied, I believe. Yeah, we were tied at 107 with 1.3 seconds left. Jason Tatum hits a three to go up 110-107. Yep. We quickly inbound the ball. Joel Embiid heaves up this three-quarter court shot, drains it. Nothing but net to tie the game. Except for, but it was point like point two seconds after the shot clock or after the clock expired. There you go. So it didn't count. Game over. We're going home. Funny enough, I'm going to say this. That is a, is a side pill to swallow. Funny enough, I'm going to say this is a side note because I will forget it if I try to circle back around here. I remember hearing the announcers because that was a nationally televised game, so it wasn't mm-hmm. our home announcers. And I remember them saying, both of them said, "I don't believe that's ever happened before. I don't believe we've ever seen." a shot from that far that would tie or win the game, go in, but have it not count due to the fact that... Wow. But, but what's what's crazier about that, it happened 
either the very next night or two nights later to Paul George and the Clippers. Except for his, I believe, was to win the game. He shot a full court shot, drained it to win the game, but it was like a half a second after clock expired. Really? Yeah, how crazy is that? To have something happen that they're like, I don't oh, think this has man. ever happened. And then it and happens, then it happens a day or two later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's fucking so nuts. So after that game, uh, this past this past Monday, just a couple days ago, we had another heart. We had a heartbreaker to the Miami Heat. Um, James Harden missed the three, you know, at the at the buzzer. That's that's how that one goes. I get so tired. Like I, I was telling Alex, I almost start to get the feeling that the Sixers just lose to jerseys because there's certain teams. Look at what happened. Not this past game with the Celtics, but two two games ago when we played and. Jalen Brown gets hurt halfway through the game. They already don't have Horford. They don't have Marcus Smart. They don't have Robert Williams. They don't have like four of their top five players and they beat the shit out of us. And I told Alex, I was like, I'm starting to get fairly certain that when it comes to Miami and Boston, you could take everyone off their team and fill every single one of those jerseys with Ben Simmons and we would still lose. Because there's something about those jerseys that just it it does something to the psyche of the Sixers generally. It's generally how it works. The Celtics, it's been that way for a bit. It was that way for a while with uh, with Toronto, but it looks like yes. we're finally starting to work our way out of that one a little bit. Because before I was like, whenever we were playing Toronto, I was like, I know we're gonna lose because Joe's got demons against. I mean, Toronto. that used to happen like to benefit us against Pittsburgh with the Flyers. Right, you know what I mean, playing in the you know, playing in their new arena. But yeah, no, you're, you're right. Yeah, because there was a while where I think someone changed like the Wikipedia page for because I think at that point it was called like PPG Paints Arena or something like that, and it said that we were the Philadelphia Flyers shit. were the owners of PPG Paints Arena. Yeah, and dude, look for the longest time. Look how long the Sixers were beating the shit out of the Knicks. We won like fifteen, however many straight games. Like that does happen, but uh, that's how it, it's been feeling with with Miami and with with Boston. So that's why I'm very, very happy to see that as we sit here currently, the Sixers are damn near up 20. They're up 19 right now. No, it is 20. It is 20 now? I'm seeing 92. Yeah, 93, 73. Oh, I was looking at it before before Maxie <clears throat> made his free throw. So it was 90. It was, oh, no, no. I am, dude, I am looking at it straight up right now. <laughs> okay, yeah, so. And you want to talk about efficient. Benefits you, of you monitors. You want to talk about efficient right now. Tyrese Maxey is 7 of 13 for 19 points. Paul Reed. I think Paul Reed. 4 for four or 5. The difference in this game. 10 points. 4 or 5 from Paul 10 Paul points. Um, and look, yo, getting 7 from Shake is great, too. Yeah. But yeah, getting yo, anything, yo, 19 from Maxey is fucking, that, that is. Getting pimp. anything but fucking 0 from P.J. Tucker helps as well. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, but to but to be to be up in Miami because the game we lost on Monday was in our house. So to be to that is true. To, like if you were to tell me after we just lose a heartbreaker at home that we're gonna go to Miami without Joel Embiid and be up twenty at any stretch of time, I'd said you're pretty fucking crazy <laughs> to think that that's even. A I mean, look, a lot of that has to do with. The, I mean, the second quarter. I mean, they they like the the Sixers. Scored on him oh, thirty seven to fifty. God, yeah, I just look. I didn't see that until I yeah. just went to that. Page yeah, that's why. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, dude, my, dude, Miami shit the bed really Miami, bad. What that happened quarter. in that quarter? My word. <clears throat> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So all right. So now that we can actually look ahead because there's no more All Star games. <laughs> so looking ahead at the Sixers schedule because right now we are still currently sitting. Uh, we're fourth in the entire league. We are. Sorry, we're fourth in the entire league. We're third in the conference. We're four and a half games back. Of everybody, really, <laughs> but uh, which not all that far. That ground can be made up, but boy, is Milwaukee on a tear. They just won their fifteenth straight. 
last last Damn. night or the night before. Yeah, so they're on a fucking tear. Um, that is a nasty tear. But um, anyway, so yeah, so looking ahead, we have coming down the pipe. Now, I should say this. Now, this is where shit is going to get thick, and this is where shit's going to get a little spicy. The Sixers, I like the Sixers have the toughest remaining schedule in the entire NBA. The entire NBA. You look moving forward, there are very rarely shitty teams coming up. So just before our next cast, you have Dallas, which are they as great as they normally are? No, but they've got Luka, they've got Kyrie. Each one of them are capable of going nuclear at any moment. So that's by no means a cakewalk. Then you have the Bucks, who I just said, 15 wins in a row. They're the best in the league. The best in the league or the On best ABC. in the conference? Either way. They're either the, I know they're the best in the conference. If they're not the best in the league, they're number two. Um, and it's and it's a fucking nationwide game, yeah. too. The Pacers game, winnable game. And then, and then you have uh, the Timberwolves, who you never really know what you're going to get out of them, but it's, it's, not, it's not a cakewalk. But then you look at the people you have coming up even past that. I, I, we're not really going to dive into it, but you got... You got Damian Lillard coming up. You got the Wizards easy, but then you got the Cavs. Hornets and Pacers, again, take that out. Back-to-back with the Bulls. Warriors, Suns, Nuggets. Home and home with the Bulls. Home and home with the Bulls. But then look at this fucking gauntlet. Home and home with the Bulls. Golden State Warriors. Golden State, Phoenix, The now KD Phoenix Suns. The Denver Nuggets. Back to Dallas. Back to Toronto. Yeah, this is a tough stretch. Back to Toronto, and then the last five games, like you said, that we have in April to end out the season, you have Bucks, Celtics, Heat, Hawks, Nets. <laughs> so it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So, but that will serve you better going into the postseason because we saw what happened a couple of years ago when we had the easiest remaining schedule going in. When we rode in, I soft. think we rode into the postseason like twenty-one and two in our last 23, but we were getting fat off so many bad teams and that will really pump you up the wrong way. So I, I, I want to see what my team is made of going into the postseason. So that's, that's going to be interesting. And, and, and they know how important it is too. So much so that Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey actually had their very own like closed door meeting the other day of Joel pretty much going to Tyrese and letting him know. And this dude, this is crazy to think about. Think about being Tyrese Maxey right now. And before I get into what this conversation was about, you get brought in. Nobody really expects much of you right away because really you're just being brought in to be the second fiddle to Ben Simmons, pick up some things, and maybe by year three, four, we'll we'll see what happens. Significant minutes. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Ben gets traded. You immediately get thrust into that starting role, right? And you kill it. You, you're like this breath of fresh air in Philadelphia. People, Joel Embiid nicknames you the franchise. Mm-hmm. Everyone, the process and the, the process franchise. and the franchise. And then this year, you know, it's it's his third year. He's back and forth between being a coming off the bench, being a starter. But Joel Embiid pulls him aside because he was not necessarily sh- struggling overall and having shitty games, but even in his brief career, struggling by his standards with with mm-hmm. the way I don't necessarily think by his numbers, but the way he was attacking the game or or lack thereof a little bit, not really attacking when he's used to attacking and. Joel pulled him aside yeah. and was like, basically said, hey, you know, what can I do, person? What can I do? What can we do to facilitate the game in a way to make you be able? Because, and this is why I say, like, imagine being Tyrese Maxey right now. You're third year in the league when you weren't expected to do much. And Joel pulls you aside and says, you know, for us to be where we want to be and for us to win a championship, we need what you. What do we need we to need, do? No, we need yeah. you. Like, we, 
What's the best? What what? What's the best way we can like help? How you? can we unlock that part of your game where you know you're attacking and that do, we know that is we there. know is there? We've seen it. We've seen it for long stretches. It's not an aberration. It's not a sometimes he can do a thing. It's like this is who you are. Now, of course, there's we've got a lot of great players. There's only one basketball, but for us to be a championship team, that's who we need you to be. So interesting that they had that conversation right before this you know this this long stretch like usually you don't generally i I like it i think it's a good sign because usually you don't hear about these like closed door meetings when things are going good and for the sixers all things considered things are going very well very very well yes so normally you see that with a team that's either was doing well and they've hit like a really rough skid and are flirting with just going down in the standings or or they've just been shit all year and they're trying to get it around so i like that they're like they're doing well but they're not settling for just doing well because i think they realize that doing well isn't going to beat milwaukee it's not going to beat boston no it's not going to beat whoever you'd probably see in in the out west in the in the nba finals so you know doing well with the team that we have now with health would probably take us as far as the eastern conference finals i think we could i i, I do but that's not what we're trying to be. I don't think I don't think we're trying to be like hanging Eastern Conference championship banners. We want to, or or not even Eastern Conference championship banners because what I'm saying right now is just doing well. We're not going to win the Eastern Conference championship, so like yeah. we're not trying to hang second round banners. So no, I do like that. But uh, yeah, that's that's it. And also oh, speaking of Maxi, <clears throat> actually I have two. Uh, things. I know. Number one, I know what you're going to do because of what we're doing right now. Yeah. So y'all know how you're listening to these two whack jobs on a little on, on this little podcast here, Philly yes. Grit. Well, now you get to go ahead and hear Tyrese Maxey on his own podcast. And that is absolutely fucking Yo, fantastic. I love there that. There is a point zero 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 one percent chance of this happening. But I think I'm gonna try to tweet this dude and see if we could get him on our podcast and see he's gonna start one. Oh my god! Bruh, I've do never it. in my life been afraid. Do it! No, 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 no. What I do? What I'm, I? I am never going to tell you what no. I, what Come I on. tell people all the time, like this whole like, and I get it's it's a real thing for some people, and and it is real, and it was for me at one point too. Like, fear of rejection goes away so fast if you just say fuck it, because the more you get no, no doesn't really hurt anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? The more no's you hear, it's like okay, I'm still alive. <laughs> so, <laughs> as somebody who who does deal with fear rejection. A lot, <laughs> uh, like a lot. It, still, it to can this day. become easier. You just have to decide to say fuck it. Like the worst they can say is no. And the, but the, the same. Once you get your like third, fourth, fifth. Once you start to get into like your tenth no, you're like, oh, this is okay. Cool. Who's next? <laughs> so that yo yo yo. The, honestly, that would be one of the coolest fucking things in the yeah. world, man. Yeah, it's not. Real. It's it's so, it's hundred yeah, percent not gonna yo, happen. It, but I'm gonna try. <laughs> I'm gonna try. Then yo, let's go. Let's fucking go. Um, the other thing I have is. Uh, George Niang, right? So he spent a little bit of time um, talking with some of the, uh, I mean, some of the Philly um, radio shows, right? He was on President Steve on on MMR. He was on um, the John Kincaid show on the Fanatic. And when he was on the John Kincaid show, he actually talked a little bit about, I mean, everything that was going on with Ben Simmons. I saw I, you know I, mean? I during, saw that. Give me during the time of the I trade. I the clip to Alex. I was like, man, this dude is not holding back. No, he definitely didn't hold back. And I mean, look, it was dude, it was it was wild to go ahead and I mean, 
you mean read you mean, because I you mean I read the whole thing, but you mean actually being able to listen to it as well. He basically said that he was basically said because I think what started the conversation was someone mentioned that like we're a certain like at this point in the season we're a certain number of games better this season than we were last season. And then George yes. said something along yes, the lines and of that's exactly how so, it all something went. Basically along the lines of like, well, Ben Simmons kind of held us hostage last year, so like yeah, you know, it is what it is. And I was just like, damn, this dude, George. I don't have a problem with what he said because he didn't lie. George has been being a little weird lately, and I'm not quite sure how to feel about it. So it started for me in the game when we played the Nets, and he got into it with Ben. And that one, I was like, if anyone's going to get into it with Ben, I assumed it would be Joe. But that didn't bother me because I was like, I get it. Like, the whole team, the whole city is kind of against this dude right now. So I get it. I'm not mad at that. Like, you you did think, and you baited him into a tech. So great. Like, that's fine. But, like, that's not normally him to play, like, the, the tough guy role. Or like to do that like kind of starting shit thing, but then when we played, I mean he, but but then when we played Memphis, I'm sure you didn't watch the game, but the at the end of the game, because like I said, it was only a five point game, so every possession mattered. And it was a hell of a comeback. At the end of the game, we made a sick defensive play, and the one dude was like, like he was tied up for the ball with uh, Tobias, and the ref like blew the whistle, and they're doing that thing where they're both still like holding on to the ball mm-hmm. and like the one dude didn't want to give it up as he was talking to the ref. So George, so yeah. George just went up and like aggressively just snatched the ball from like literally snatched it. The dude's arm was still a part of it. And George was like, fuck out of here. And just like, and then the dude like this and like, and George turned to him and like basically said like F you or something like that. And then like this whole mini scrum started like Joel Embiid then like got into it with Dylan Brooks. And this whole time after that, George, it's like that thing where like he set the, like he set the bomb and then just rolled. Like he started all that shit and then he just went walked his ass back to like wherever he was going while everyone else is like and I'm like and I'm like bro there's a fine line between like like look we're starting to get close to the postseason I don't need my players like potentially knuckling up with people right now I don't need suspensions I don't need injuries no nah, you need, don't need that I don't need none shit. of that shit and then he goes on a podcast and he's talking shit on Ben Simmons and I'm like it's it almost feels like it's like this it's like this goddamn villain origin story is starting here. <laughs> it's like, it's weird. And I like, it's, it's not like, it's not DEFCON five. It's not even DEFCON two, but like I'm paying attention to it now. Cause everything I see him do, I'm like, what's with this attitude all of a sudden? Like a little attitude's good. You should have some, but like this, like tough guy, th- like I would have expected that from PJ. I would have expected that from, uh, PJ, um, <laughs> and, and more PJ. <laughs> Yeah, I'd expect that from PJ, but like George Niang, it's like, bro, you 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 built like a strong paper bag, my guy. Like, <laughs> what, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing here, bro? Like, you look like you just strolled out of like you clocked out of your shift at Marshalls and picked up a basketball. You're damn good with it, but it's weird. But anyway, sorry that I went off on that tangent. But you said George, and that creeped into my mind. I'm not mad at any of this. This was fantastic. All right. So we good to move on? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, we, we definitely we definitely have some some shit we can discuss for the uh, the around the world in sports here. Not not much in the way of of Major League Baseball because we already covered that uh, in the Philly segment with the new pitch clock and the and, and all that stuff. So we, we did discuss the stuff going on with the uh, with the league in general. Uh, hockey, 
like I said, we're we're coming up on in the NHL. We're coming up on the trade deadline on I think you said Friday, right? Friday at three o'clock, and yeah. some major moves have already happened. Like we said, Jonathan Quick is gone. Patty Kane is now a member of the of the Rangers. Tarasenko is now a member of the Rangers. Uh, Jacob Chikrin, I think his name, a great stud defenseman, young for Arizona, who obviously is looking to sell at this point. He just got traded to Ottawa. Um, so there's a lot of shit. There's a lot of shit going there. So you know you've got you've got that going on. Uh, that's that's the bulk of what's happening in the NHL right now. It's all all based around around trade deadline. Um, football. What do we got going on in football? There's there's a lot of no. There's football. a lot of knowns. There's a lot of unknowns. You've you've got the you've got the what seems like it's going to be a yearly thing at this point. The yearly where will Aaron Rodgers go thing. He just into which he just he just, emer- just, he just emerged his- from his darkness retreat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my man, my man came out of a weeks long hibernation to go ahead to go ahead and say he like, still don't know what he's doing, <laughs> dude. This is this is just as stupid as as LeBron. This is this, this is, is just as fucking dumb. I I just can't say that this is just as dumb because LeBron, at the very least, knew LeBron got a well, show. No, well, no, 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 no. No, I still think that Aaron Rodgers is a little bit more dumb. I think Aaron Rodgers is more dumb. <laughs> I think LeBron's was more douchey. The reason I don't think LeBron's was as dumb okay. is because at the very least, LeBron knew where the fuck he was going. He had the answer. He just was a douche and made yeah. us wait for an, an hour or however long that fucking special was to find out. Aaron Rodgers does this goofy shit every year. Am I going? Am I not going? And then it's like a, oh, well, I'm not sure yet, but I'm going in this four-day darkness retreat, and I'll have my answer when I come out. Comes So he has everyone waiting for the stupid darkness retreat for four days. My man's Punxsutawney comes, Phil over yeah, comes, here. Yeah, except for Punxsutawney Phil at least knows if there's six more fucking weeks of winter or not. This motherfucker still doesn't even know if he has another game of football or not. <laughs> so he still don't know where he's going. So we're on we're on Aaron Roch. Watch, Roch. Aaron Roch. The second he came, I'm telling you, man, Keegan-Michael Key is what popped into my head the second he came out of that darkness retreat and still had no answer. I was like, you're done <laughs> fucked up, A.A. Ron. You're done fucked up. <laughs> but so you got his dumbass, um, Mister Immunized. Um, anyway, you got uh, w- w- what else we got going on? Uh, I think Saquon's close to reaching a deal with the uh, with the Giants, which I kind of expected because no way in hell do I see the Giants giving Dan- Danny Dimes the contract that he's looking for. I will say that's the thing. I was just about to say Dan, uh, Daniel Jones and the Giants are nowhere near close on a deal. Well, at when all. you're looking at like a forty-five million dollar deal, like per year, which he's not worth. No, it. not even remotely. Put together a few seasons of what you did last year, we can talk. <laughs> you don't. You don't have one. What could potentially be a flash in the pan because we don't know because last season was definitely different from all of your other ones. So yeah, we don't know if that's a flash in the pan or not. Everything just broke right. You know. Brian Dable is just an excellent coach. We we don't know, but uh, anyway, so you know you you got that going on. Um, wow, damn, I feel like there was some there were some other big ones too. Um, a lot of stuff gearing up. You know, oh the uh, the team report cards. Did you see that thing that the NFL is doing now? Because I did want to talk about that a little bit. So no, the I NFL didn't. now. I don't know if they're going to do this every year. They just did it now, but they're they're giving out report cards for every organization. Where it breaks down in, sorry, let me pull up because I have the picture right here. It, or not the picture, Jesus Christ, on my Twitter. Um, it breaks down one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different categories treatment of families, food service, yeah, I see food this. service nutrition, weight room, strength coaches, training room, training staff, locker room, and team travel. And they give you a grade from A to F, and they do all 32 teams. 
did you have you seen the Eagles yet? Because I was going to go over it right now, real quick. We don't have to be long winded about it, but I'll no, no, no. I'll go start, ahead. I'll Rocket. start with I, I haven't. I, I'm looking we'll at go it right worst now. Worst to best. So what they are the worst in apparently is team travel. They were given a D. They are the 27th ranked team when it comes to travel. Now the only thing I don't know is I didn't do a breakdown of what exactly that means. Does it mean literally like the shit that they travel in? Do they not have the best of the best of shit? Are they traveling at the wrong times? Do they not have the right amenities? Do people have to? You know, pay for like I don't know what exactly that entails. It's very a very broad thing. Um, yeah, but they sucked at it, so it is what it is. Um, the training room, C minus, tied for twenty second in the league. Now I don't know if that's equipment. I feel like that would mean equipment because they have training room and training staff. So if they're going to separate the two, I would imagine the rooms mean the facilities themselves. And so what they're talking about the Nova, the they're Nova probably talking complex. about the Novacare okay, complex. So that was given a C, which. I'm not. I'm not mad at saying that that play. I mean, they need to upgrade yeah. that because they absolutely uh, C plus locker room. That's good for tied for 18th. Now that doesn't surprise me because we are now getting to the point where all of our facilities are getting to be the older ones. <laughs> you know, yes. you know what I mean. Like, I've been saying about the Flyers forever. The, the Flyers home locker room looks like a lot of other arenas away locker rooms. <laughs> it's like it's rough and it's rough in these streets. So maybe it's like that at the link as well. But now we start getting into some of the good stuff. So they've, they're they tied for 16th. They got a B- minus for treatment of families. Anything in Philadelphia when it comes to the organization, I always want to see that higher. I always want to, I want to see that way yes. higher. You're, Absolutely. You're literally like, I agree you're 100%. Literally like smack dab in the middle of the league. That's, that's, that's okay. That's all right. But I want that to be a lot better. Um, but then we get into the good stuff. They are, they are tied for ninth in the weight room. Tied a minus. I like it. And then this is where we get really good because we are in A. We are tied for first in food service and nutrition. And that doesn't surprise me because every motherfucker on our team that looks like they should be that, that should be jacked and shredded is jacked and shredded. And anyone who's not isn't. <laughs> so like but the big look at our but, Batman. Yeah, but the exactly. But those do you can tell the nutrition matters because those dudes that are still that big, look at their gas tanks. Look at the shit that they can do game in and game out. Now I understand why. Um a plus strength coaches and training staff. So again, makes sense. It I makes sense as to why for the most part we were healthy all year. We did get banged up towards the end, but for the most part we were healthy all year. Uh, you know, everyone was in great shape and, you know, people were able to, cause think about the way that they're asked to play. I mean, they, you, you've got, you know, J- oh yeah, put yourself on the line, put yourself on the line. Jalen's going to be running a lot. So you're going to have a lot more, you know, Jason Kelsey's going to be going up and down the field a lot more. And <laughs> if he decides to stay, if he, well, he did last season. That's what I'm saying. And yes, he will be moving forward if he decides to stay. But um, yeah, so they are doing that. I think that's that's pretty cool. But uh, I think that's it for the NFL. And then lastly, for the NBA. um. It's really right now, you know, you had, you know, Russell Westbrook got traded to the Clippers, KD to the Suns. I don't remember necessarily what we, we talked, talked about, about that, that we did. And um, so All-Star Game is really all I wanted to break down just really quickly. And and it's, it sucked, for lack of a better word. It sucked. And I'm almost... I mean, JoJo got picked number one. I mean, that's I'm cool. I'm almost... That, that is cool. What's cooler is that... It's what's started. cooler is that as I called it, Mac McClung won the dunk contest. With yes. I think he had three fifties, and a he had either three fifties and a forty nine or a forty eight or a two, I forget what he had, but he had multiple fifties. He broke everybody's he, fucking brain. He didn't break my brain because, like I said, while every, yeah, well, I, like I said, there there's some people. It's like 
I even had RJ text me. He's like, who the fuck is this Mac McClung? I was like, bruh, just like, just like <laughs> I watched Connor McDavid when he was 13. I was watching Mac mm-hmm. McClung dunk highlights on YouTube like eight years ago. <laughs> so the only thing I knew he could do was dunk. I was like, you can tell me anything else on the basketball court. I don't quite know what he can do. But when it comes to dunking, I know what this kid can, can bring. So I'm happy that people are actually saying it seems like he may have saved the dunk contest because the dunk contest was so shitty last year. There was actually talks about them scrapping it altogether. Um, I mean, that's, I mean, Shaquille said that. Yeah. And, and, and in a way, like I get it. It's my favorite part of, uh, of the, the skills weekend, but like, I get it. There's, if you think about it, there's really no incentive for the stars and the great dunkers to really want to do it. Cause what, what's your incentive? It doesn't get you anywhere closer to a championship because it doesn't matter to any of that. You don't you don't get money. You don't get no. money for it. All you're doing is increasing your chances of blowing something out. <laughs> like, yeah, by doing some, by, yeah. by, so, by just doing some so dumb I, shit. I do get it. I, I understand that from a, a player's point of view. But the All Star Game in general is so broken, and I, I don't even know if it's fixable. I don't. I don't know if it's fixable at this point. The only way it might be fixable is if you go back to the old school days of like hockey used to do North America versus the world. And here they could do the same thing. They could do like international versus you know, like American born players, because then each actually has something like pride to play for. Like we want to prove that we do this shit better over here. You guys want to prove like, no, we done caught y'all and passed y'all at this point. Because the way it is now, all it is, is it's like a two and a half hour layup line. Nobody plays defense. It's a layup line and dudes shooting. I think they said there was like a total of, you may have to look it up. I, I feel like they said there was like a total of like a hundred and some three pointers that were shot. It's, it's crazy. Like all they do is dribble down, pull up from ridiculous amounts. And then, like I said, nothing but lobs, no defense. And it's, it's just, it's not fun. It's not even remotely fun to watch. It's, it's like, and and I don't and I don't know how you fix it. I I don't. And, and what sucks is what really sucks is that that is the one day we've talked about this before. The fans get screwed so much with with this load management bullshit. And you may only have money to for one ticket to see one player come to your city, and he decides not to play that night because he needs to save his energy for tomorrow night because it's a a bigger game to them. So he decides to not mm-hmm. play. The All Star Game is literally the only time the fans have full control over what players are in that game. Because they vote that shit. So if it's a player they want to see, they get to see him in that game. And that's what you give them. You don't give them any effort, nothing. Like, it's almost like a slap in the face of the fans, in my opinion. But uh, It sounds, yeah, it's, it's, like, it it's almost a lot just like a, a you, face, It's almost just like they're looking at it as like a, you're just lucky that we're here. Like, just be happy that mm-hmm. we're here. You know what I mean? Be happy I walked in the building. And that's, and that's, that's, what's, that's what's frustrating. But that, I believe, is on the commissioner because he allows them to get away with that shit. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how, how that goes, but that's it for the sports. So really all we got to do right now is give, give a hot take and get ourselves up out of here. huh? So obviously we can't do Sounds a hot, can't right. do hot takes with football anymore. And we can't do hot takes. We're not going to do a hot take with fucking spring training. <laughs> so, yeah. I was about to say, I'm not, so I'm not hot taking on spring training. I'm, I'm not even going to bother flyers. So I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go NBA at this point. Let me look at the Sixers schedule coming up. I know we did talk about it a little bit. Here's what. All right. So, so, so I'm going to tell you mine. We are going to have a career shaping night for Tyrese Maxey in that Milwaukee Bucks game. The first, the one coming up on the March 4th? 
Yes. Okay. Fuck, I got to go elsewhere now just because I think I was... I was. Yes, we are going to... But I'm saying, though, dude, we are going to see, like, a 40-point 40 40 point game from him. That's what I'm calling for. All right, you know what I'm calling for? And boy, is this, and boy, is this a hot take because I'm going multiple here because they're back-to-back games because we have Saturday at 10, uh, March 25th. I know I'm going far out. We're just going to have to write these down. But... um. The 25th and the 27th, we play the Phoenix Suns and we play the Denver Nuggets. We'll circle this back around. I think we are going to have, ba- if he plays both, we're going to have back-to-back 40 pieces from Joel Embiid. I think he's going to have a 40-piece mm, against the Suns. I, like I don't know one. who on the Suns can even stop him from getting 40. KD's skinny as fuck. DeAndre Ayton ain't really like that defensively. He can be sometimes, but I don't think he's really like that. And he already done, you know, gave Jokic a, you know, a 50-piece with a with a fucking with some fucking fries on the side and a milkshake and just dropped his meat on the fucking yeah, table. So I think I think and then broke I the think table. Two dubs and back to back forty pieces from Joel Embiid. Woo! Bam. There we go. I said it. I like did that. It. Sova. Sova. Okay. So while you I'm I am so glad you said that because now I get to say if anybody wants to go ahead and get in contact with us at the Philly Grip Podcast you can go ahead and email us at phillygrit7 at gmail.com. Now, don't forget, we are also on social media. Please check out our Twitter, at phillygrit7. And then also our Instagram, which is also phillygrit7. For a hot second there, I really thought that I was watching a movie preview. (laughs) You sounded like that one man. That guy. That's what you sounded like. I don't even know how to claim what that voice was. I can't even like give that one a label yet. But um, nah, yo. Just one, as always, for everybody to please stay fly. Stay fucking awesome. Stay positive. As always, y'all. Peace.